The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, how you doing, everybody? This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Hope you had a great, great holiday, enjoying yourself, uh, dealing with family. I, I know we did. Uh, as always, we go down to Chicago and let the grandkids uh, get spoiled by Grandma, and uh, and then I kind of float around and just drive there and drive back. That's my that's my role in this organization. I drive them to Grandma, let them enjoy, and come back. Uh, Want to continue? What we're talking about just talking about contentment, being thankful, uh, and and what we do, and and things are going along there. You know, last week we talked in from Philippians chapter four and First Corinthians seven, and I just you know share with you. Uh, my story of how, you know, when, when I first came to Lord and, and, uh, I just gave everything away and, and how, how content I was in, 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 in doing that, you know, never regret it. Don't regret it to this day. You know what I mean? You know, it was so funny. One of my friends, uh, took, he took the majority of things from me and he put it in a closet, <laughs> always hoping that I would come back. Always I was hoping I would come back and, uh, and, and you know DJ, but I never did. So one day I was visiting with him, and he went in the closet and he pulled out the speakers, he pulled out the amp, he pulled out the mixer, the mic, everything. He said, "Man, I, I kept this thinking that you was gonna come back. I did not think that you was gonna last. You know what I mean? And and I figured I was helping you out by taking it. And he said, "But uh, you know, just take it now and and use it. Stand on the corner and preach with it or something, right?" And I remember bringing it back. Bring it back, and I because I built those speakers by hand, so I was, I was, uh, you know, I was I was happy, and I took it back, and and I used it for years as a as a PA when I did uh youth rallies and other things like that. So, uh, it it was a little comeback to the story that was in there, but he kept it thinking that I'd be back because he was like, this man, he's going through temporary insanity. We just need to hurry up and get him a hold of stuff for him, so he can have something when he when he when he when he when he comes back to his senses, but. I never came back to my senses in that regard. You know what I mean? I, I love the life. I shared a little bit, alluded to the fact when one Sunday I was talking to my congregation about the subject, about how hard it is sometimes to accept uh, a lot of times what your role is to be. I'm an accountant by training. Uh, I love business. Uh, I, I love making decisions. I love making money. I just, I love it. I mean, I, I don't like money. I usually give it away, but I love making it. You know what I mean? I, I love making it, and it's, a, it's just a natural love for me. And I remember when uh, I received a call in the ministry, I remember telling God that I, I want to be like a, a like a board member or the kind of guy that gave away money, right? That's what I wanted to be. I did not want to be the dude who had to ask for the money. I wanted to be the dude who wrote the checks, right, and gave the money away. And I remember I was negotiating with God, you know, which I still try to do. I haven't learned yet. And I remember telling God, it's better for me to keep working because I can make money and I can take that money and finance the role of the kingdom and I could pay somebody else's salary. I even said, I'll pay two other ministers' salary if you let me keep 
if you let me keep working. And he didn't let me keep working. And as my, my, my mentor told me, he said, God doesn't need your strengths. He wants your weaknesses because it's in your weaknesses that he is made strong. And, uh, and that made sense to me biblically, but it didn't make sense to me practically because that means that I couldn't do what I really like to do. And that was make money. And he was calling me to, to be the minister. And I know people find it hard to believe because, you know, I can talk and, and I can do other things like that, but I do not like being in front. I like being in the background. I like being in the sneaky spot. I do not like being front and center. You know what I mean? And as a pastor, it puts you front and center. You know, you're the, whether it's youth pastor, whether it's music pastor, children's pastor, you're front and center, and you you become the visible representation. And man, and I and that just that that was hard for me for a while, and it took me about a year, you know, before I could really accept that. Before I really did it, and then I finally quit my job and launched out into. Um, into full-time ministry, you know, and doing that. And in, in life ain't been no crystal state because I started out doing youth ministry with Youth for Christ. And, you know, young people don't give offering, you know. And uh, and so what that meant is that there was a lot of struggle in there. I think my my but, my monthly budget at the time was $800 a month. You know, I would get $600 a month. I would raise through Youth for Christ. And I was thankful that when I raised that, I'd be shouting. And then I pick up two hundred dollars, like through manpower, or some temp agency, something like that. And and I could make it, and I can I can go. That was a big drop from three thousand some dollars a month working down to eight hundred dollars a month. But man, I was content. <laughs> I was content, and I really loved it. But you know, I always felt that it, you know it improved things to catch on. You know, more people to give. You know, you was always hoping in that. Because you, you still got your little dreams, the kind of car you want to drive, the kind of house you want to live in. You still have those things that are there, and they're all valid, and they're all good. And so so I, I was learning that contentment piece, right? You know what I mean? I was learning that, and I was really learning a faith walk. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times I didn't have money for things, right? And then just, boom, God would some way would open up a door or something, something would come through. And it was just, yeah, it, it, was, it, it was just, it, it, it was a joy. I mean, I... I love walking by faith. I man, I just, you know, it, it, you know, it's it's an exhilarating experience. You know what I mean? You know, your flesh don't like it that much because you can't get what you want when you want it. But to see how God comes through and, and moves upon your heart and other people's heart, man, it's just is there's nothing there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it to be compared to it. So, being content, you know, and as I was going through, I always wondered. I started looking at other people, as I said last week. You, know, you see somebody else who started church same time you do a ministry and they, their ministry is bigger or they get more recognition or they wrote a book already or, you know, and all these other different factors that come in to get to knowing at you and make you thinking that a either I'm in the wrong place or B God, why God got me doing this? Well, why does God have me doing this? And he allowing that other person to do this, right? You know, is, 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 is am I somehow not as anointed? Where's my faith? You know, uh, does he love me as much, you know? And uh, and so those things, you know, the enemy throws them in your head and, and, and there's something that you have to deal with and you have to go through. And mine was is that in the context that every time, even when I was in training at Youth for Christ, they told us, always go to a nice-sized church, right? And, and then if you do an urban ministry, go to a little suburban church. He said, then you can become that church's official missionary and you can have everything you want. Well, God always sent me to an urban church, 
And usually the, the church was so small or so uh, financially challenged that I would end up being one of the biggest givers in the church with my little $800 month, <laughs> $800 month making self. And, uh, and so I'll be like, so it, I didn't get no backup when nobody buying a table at the banquet, when nobody writing monthly checks to me and uh, nobody wasn't donating cars or anything like that, that I saw my counterparts getting. And, uh, and I saw my counterparts getting all these different things and coming out there and, and two and three tables at the banquet and all kind of stuff and, and money rolling in. I'm just like, wow. You know, and, and I'm like, I don't even know how to play this game. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, and, am I really here? And should I be doing that? And I was like, Lord, you need to put me here. I don't even need to be here anymore. I need to be somewhere else. I just need to be running a national ministry. I need to be somewhere else. And God kept me local and he kept me small. And, and I realized that, that, you know, that what, my purpose was to be, and, and that was urban ministry. I was an urbanite, but I didn't want it. it. took me a few years before I embraced it and I accepted it. That's why when I read that verse in Corinthians, it said that to stay in that situation that, uh, that, that, uh, that, 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 you know, you, you, you're found and when God finds you, when he calls you to call you that situation to stay there, you know, it says each of you dear brothers and sisters should remain as you were when God first called you. You know what I mean? And and it's hard. You know what I mean? It's just, it, you know, because you're surrounded by people who are being successful with things. And you're surrounded by people who have these things. And, and you say, like, wow, I, I can have this, too. I, I can preach just as good as him. I need to be preaching in front of in front of that convention or that crowd or something like that. And uh, and, and there's a way to do it, to network, to get there. But then there's a way you do it and you allow God to get there. But as I said last week, if you remain in the situation God has called you to, he will bring the world to you. And, and let me just share your story about that. I, I, I pastor Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis. Used to always be known as Minneapolis Believers in Christ. And then we changed the name uh, a couple years ago uh, to Spirit of the Lord Church of Isaiah 61, where, where Isaiah said that when the Messiah will come, you know, the, the, the you know, Spirit of the Lord will be upon and preach good news to the poor. And Jesus quoted these words in Luke 4. And, uh, you know, you know, preaching sight to the blind, you know, releasing captives and prisoners. Hey, that's that's what it's about. It's about putting action to your faith. You know, what I mean, it's not about leading a Netflix life, but it's about getting out there and allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you with action. And I just felt that we needed to get away. We just needed to 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 have a church with an action name because we need to be about action. We need to be about our father's business. And so. But at the same time, it took me a while to embrace my role there because I always felt like that that, that I should just be on this national stage, right? And then um, one day, I was uh, real frustrated about the level of war, spiritual warfare that was going on, and uh, and I just said, you know, God, Satan can have that corner. I'm tired of fighting over that corner. I said it didn't make no sense to have to fight this hard over a little insignificant corner. And then a friend of mine said, if Satan thinks the corner is significant, why doesn't you? If Satan thinks you're significant enough to hinder, why don't you believe you're significant enough to thrive? And I had to stop and think. And I said, whoa, well, I've been having a bad mindset. I've been treating this, my ministry assignment, like I'm just doing my time here to God get me out of here, Right. I wasn't thinking about it as the fact that this is my place where I need to thrive. 
I was telling God, get me out of this situation. I know you called me into this urban thing. That's fine. I'm here to help. I love the people. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. But, hey, it's time for me to move on to bigger and better things. You know what I mean? And and, and God was saying, like, no, 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 no. I, you, I created you for this situation. As Paul told him, he said, you know, remain, you know. And that's how it says that it remained as you were when God first called you. To, to keep that perspective, that, that hunger, that desire to impact my urban community. Right. When I let it go and I embrace that and I said, this is me and I have no desire for anything else. The, 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 the job offers quit coming. The things were going and I reached a level of contentment in my job. Beforehand, I was just putting up with it. I was preaching and teaching and saving and baptizing, but it was like, okay, when do I, when do I move on to something better? You know what I mean? And when I did that as a, as a ministry man, friend of mine pointed to me, he said, God brought the world to you. God brought the world to me. I get to work with people all over the world. I get to work with people all over the country. You know, they come in and, and, and talk to me and seek advice. You know, I've had the opportunity to sit down with, with important people, non-important people, you know, I just, it's just the, the thing that the gamut that God has done and he's brought it all to me. I never left a little corner in North Minneapolis, but he's brought it all to me, you know, to the point of matter where most times you walk around somewhere and you tell somebody you're from Minneapolis, they'll probably ask you, do you know Joe Sutton? You know what I mean? You know, and that's the running joke, you know what I mean? That, that, that a lot of people have, you know, especially, especially in certain circles I run in when it gets to urban ministry, youth ministry, you know, uh, you know, in my denomination, everybody, everybody, everybody knows. You know, everybody knows Joe Sutton, you know, but but God did that because I finally embraced the situation that he placed me in. And when he embraced me in that, put me in that situation, I realized that I didn't need to leave this situation to have significance. I didn't need to leave the situation to have worth. But God took where I was and who I was and brought that worth in there. You know, I feel the same way sometimes about my family. You know, I mean, I look at my family, man, it's like, oh, my family, oh, my Goodness, man, my family was thugs are us, right? I mean, just bad in Chicago. You know what I mean? I can tell you names and places and things and, and you know, just going back and forth. But you know what, man, in, in the course of time, I have to be honest, I'm happy I was born into my family because being born in the family I was born in has given me so many ministry opportunities. You know, when I'm dealing with somebody out on the streets or I'm dealing with somebody somewhere else, I was out and I was in Miami and met somebody that, uh, that, <laughs> that just because of my, my, my family, my background that I met and was able to minister to, you know, because of that, that if I had not been born into that family, I, that person would have never gave me the time of day, but I automatically got their attention and respect because of my family background, you know, and that's the family I dreaded because it's like, there was no spirituality in this thing. And, and, uh, going around, but God used, my experiences with them to bring glory to his ministry. And I challenge you now as we move into the break after the break, I want to come back and tell you what situation are you in? And you know, God, God has you there. So his glory can be manifested. It can be seen. Don't we always thinking about trying to get out. You know what I mean? I, I tell young people that, you know, cause I always say, get out of the hood, get out of the hood, get far away from you. You better than this. No, don't get out. Dominate, take over, change. You don't have to leave. God will bring change to you if you're obedient to him. This is Isaiah 61. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton. Enjoy the break. 
Be right back. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Right now on thefishtwincities.com, you'll hear chestnuts roasting on an open fire and new favorites. Today the Holy Son of God is born in Bethlehem. We're the station that keeps Christ in Christmas, spreading joy all season long at thefishtwincities.com. Listen while you travel with the free Fish mobile app. Supported by Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Hey everyone, welcome back to Isaiah 61. Once again, I just want to get you a little announcement before we wrap up and close out. And and that's, um, you know, we had this epic youth night uh, coming up. And, you know, it's uh, it's it's going to be a, a blast. And also we have indoor track. Just go to uh, www.3deepleadership.com or go to eagleswingstrack.com and look up the schedule. Be glad to have you out there to work you out. Uh, you know, get you going, let you know how it goes. And, and uh, you can find out about the Epic Youth Night. It'll be a nice time. Young people praising the Lord, using their gifts and music and everything like that. And as always, giving an opportunity to walk with the king. As I was saying, as we, we're looking to be content in, you know, in my own my own internal battle of, of feeling that that, uh, that there had to be something better for me than, um, you know, being a uh, pastor in a small urban church, uh, and, you know, just looking at, you know, biding my time, waiting, thinking I'm just going to move somewhere else, but but not realizing that that's the situation God had called me to and uh, and trying to move there. And, uh, and and a lot of people always ask me, how, well, how did you come to that conclusion and know that that was your last resting stop? And because I've I've traveled, <laughs> I've traveled, I've been I've been I've, I've been through some things and I, I've been through some fellowships. Yeah, I said, but, you know, the thing that really was when I read first Timothy chapter six, verses six, and it said godliness or holiness with contentment, with contentment is great wealth. And, um, and so it wasn't just me pursuing godliness that brought, would bring me to great wealth. You know what I mean? It wasn't just me being content, but it was godliness with contentment. Cause a lot of times, you know, in my life, I do strive to be God try to say as holy as lifestyle as I can, but I'm not always content. I always got something that God can do different. I always got something that can be better. Uh, and basically I'm always got, I always have something to complain about. And, uh, and so, but godliness with contentment is great wealth because we brought nothing into this world and we're going to take nothing out. So when we look at it, it ends by saying, you know, if you have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Let us be thankful. And uh, and there are times that I'm not thankful. I do covet. I see somebody else with something, and uh, and I want it. You know, <laughs> and I want it, and I think I deserve it. You know, what I mean, for whatever reason, because I'm better than them, or or vice versa, or whatever. But it's something that happens in there, and and it's, or I can afford it. 
You know what I mean? I, I can afford it. You know, or the credit people tell me I can afford it. Whichever way, you know, some is always tugging at us. Something's always pulling at us that causes us not to be content. Uh, to get the great wealth, contentment is a key piece in that. Being thankful is a key piece in that. So I, I had just, to, I had to thank the Lord uh, for 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 where I was at. You know, I mean, our church building was built in 1886, so there's always some construction going around there. You know, we just finished uh, laying out some stairs. Uh, shout out to Urban Refuge Church who who came in and and they blessed us through their building fund. They gave us a blessing out of their building fund, a tithe out of their building fund to help us with our building, and they gave us uh, thirty thousand dollars. Man, thirty thousand dollars. That's like it'll take us. Almost eight months to come up with $30,000 know, based on our offering, you know what I mean? But, you know, and it was a great, it was a great blessing. You know, we was able to finish the stairs and do some other stuff around the building and just, you know, knowing we can go through the winter secure, not scared of a gas bill or something like that. And uh, and so I, I thank them. I applaud them for that. But, you know, there's times like that, little gifts like that that let you know that, that that you're on the right track. Paul said that in, in Philippians four, when they gave him the gift, you know, he just said, he said in verse 10, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have a chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on most nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. He was going through difficulty, but he's counted it all joy. You know what I mean? And he said, I would have I would, I made it. I wasn't in need. I needed it, but I wasn't in need. You know what I mean? And, and I've learned that. And it helped. It, and it's gifts like that that help you realize that you're on the right track. That you're in the position that God wants you to be in. Not, not, not the financial, not the 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 money part of the gift. No, 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 no. It's the fact that 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 a person gave you something without you prompting that God touched their heart to give to you. You know what I mean? You know, without you, without you expressing need, they prompt that. Then that lets you know that it was God who orchestrated the gift because it's God who orchestrated the situation that you're in. You know what I mean? And to me, that that's what makes that faith walk, that faith life. Uh, so exciting, so much there. How does that help you? It helps you in this way. You understand this. When you when you lock in to understanding what it is that God wants you to do, and you, you sometimes we have to do our mission and then we still have to do job. You know what I mean? Because we got to pay bills. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that, that sometimes they go together, most times they don't. But when you understand what it is, when you get to that point in your local church, in your local assembly where you have this area where you pour your heart into, Right? And it may not be in your local church. It, it may be at a at a, at a, at a, at a a like a hospitality house, a Christian Boys and Girls Club. It could be FCA. It could be uh, Campus Crusade. It could be Child Evangelism. Whatever you're doing that you're pouring your heart into, that you are making an impact in the lives of people by volunteering, by giving financially, by serving in leadership, board, whatever it may be. When you when you get there, when you start feeling that joy, when you when you when your contentment comes through your giving, not your receiving, then, you know, you're doing your purpose because your purpose doesn't rejoice when you receive your purpose. Rejoice when you give because you you're giving you when you're walking and operating in your purpose or your gifting, you're giving. 
you know, you're, you're giving, you know, and so when you're giving and you, and you, you had that contentment, then you know, you're in the right game. Now the other part of it is now we got to combine that with godliness and man, we'll all have great wealth. We'll all have great wealth. The kind of wealth that don't, that moth and rust can't get to. Right. So in summation, you know, be thankful for whatever situation you're in. When you look at it, when you look at your family, when you look at your friends, when you look at your church, when you look at there, don't be so quick to judge and wish you and covet somebody else's family, somebody else's church experience or anything like that. But you know what? You're going to count it all joy and you're going to pour your life into that. And you're going to find out, God, if you have me here, it's for you to get the glory. And I'm going to make sure you get the glory out of this, you know, by loving you with all my heart, my soul, my mind and everything that's within me. I'd like to say you're listening to Pastor Joe Sutton for Spirit of Lord Church. The service is at 1030. Come out and join us. Uh, come listen to me next week. And uh, peace. Shalom. Shalom.